Listen, we got no time for fancy fucking intros this episode. It's probably gonna be long as fuck. No Effects was formed in 1983 by vocalist and bassist Fat Mike, along with Eric Melvin and Eric Sandin. El Jefe joined the band in 1991 to play lead guitar and trumpet, and they took the 90s by storm. English singer-songwriter Frank Turner was a huge fan of the band in his youth and continues to be a fan, as well as a friend of Fat Mike in the band. NoFX and Frank Turner decided to do a split album, something NoFX hasn't done since 2002 with Rancid. The album consists of ten cover tracks, five Frank Turner songs covered by NoFX, followed by five NoFX songs covered by Frank Turner. The album dropped on July 31st, 2020, and your boys are going to review the whole damn thing. That's right, it's NoFX and Frank Turner's West Coast vs. Wessex on Cover Me. Music. It's my substitute for love. The last girl that I loved, she was a low and lusty. Quit your drinking, now's the time. Will he ever walk the line? To all my friends, I feel just fine. Will he ever walk the line? That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that usually talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is punk. This week, we're talking about the split cover album, West Coast vs. Wessex. I'm your West Coast as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my Wessex. Hello. Uh, my name is Alex Mildenberger. Oi, bruv. Hey. Fish and chops, isn't it? And chops. <laughs> and chops. <laughs> <sighs> Blimey. Uh, how's it going, Alex? Uh, it's going all right, but the temperature dropped below like 21 degrees. Um, so I'm cold. Oh, you're freezing to death. Yeah. For some, uh, for reasons that I don't understand. Freeze tits off weather in Calgary. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. It is. Oh, man, it's 20 now. We're heating up. Oh, shit. We're heating up. Things are heating up. How's, how's the we coast? Some... How's the how's your coast, which is the West Coast? The, which is the West Coast. You are not actually in Wessex, but I am on the West Coast. So. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's good. There. I mean, we, we had some rain this week, which was nice after all the, the fucking blasting heat we've been having out here. Oh, the heat. But, uh, yeah, back to sunny weather here. I am living the dream. Sounds dreamy. Sounds dreamy, sounds memey. Alex, you and I, both big Frank Turner fans. True. Also, you and I have pretty much never heard of or listened to No Effects until probably this last week, give or take. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, like, looked him up a bit before, because we, plan- we planned this ahead. That's a little bit. That's Um... But yeah, not really. Yeah, not really much, not much knowledge. Uh, listening to them, uh, it's pretty, pretty solid punk band. They got some. Yeah, they have like a fair amount of material too. They've been together for a long time, so. Yeah, since '83. So that's uh, what is that like? Thirty-seven years of material. I don't do math on the weekends. All right. Look <laughs> <laughs> get back to me tomorrow. And let me know. <laughs> yeah. Talk to my guy about that. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, um, just some general questions for you, Alex. What'd you feel about the the choices for songs on this album? I guess particularly for the No Effects covers of Frank Turner songs. What do you think about the songs they chose? Um, this is really something that you said, but I found it to be true. Obviously, because it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all a lot of earlier stuff. Like every, I think the latest one was like 2011. 
Yeah. Um, glory hallelujah. And there's quite a bit of material after that, mm. uh, which is all good. Um, other than that, the choices. I, I'm trying to, there were. I seem. I don't know. They seem fine. Yeah, I didn't have like a criticism in, of the choices per se. Yeah, I found in terms of like, I, I it was almost easy. They made very easy choices because a lot of them are off his first EP, uh, Campfire Punk Rock, right? Which is just just acoustic guitar, basically. True. Like one of them, I, mean, I think, gets some strings in there. So yeah, you can really just do whatever the fuck you want there. That's true. That's true. Um, but that I hadn't really considered that all that much. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's what I considered, Alex. It's I would have I would have been curious to hear. I mean, both of them, even Frank Turner stuff, is pretty much just the '90s of no effects. The latest you get is '97, I believe, which was like their peak. So he gets a lot. He gets a few covers off of Punk and Drublick, their fifth studio album, which is sort of their right. their rise to popularity, and then a few on I think some sequential albums. Right. But yeah, it would have been easy. It would have been interesting, rather, to see them both tackle some some sort of later work. Yeah. I, I, well, also, I think um, for him, that was like probably his teens, if I'm doing my math properly. Yeah, he was eighty. He was he was two years old when the band formed in eighty three. So in ninety four, eleven years later, he'd have been thirteen. Yeah. So like during that period of like mid to late nineties. So that's that time where you like form those like real, like weirdly strong bonds with music for reasons that don't necessarily make any sense. Like that's the stuff you remember, you know? Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's like primordial. It's uh, you know, you're very susceptible to music in those years. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And there's a quote in this punk news, uh, interview with Frank Turner where he says like, uh, like, you know, I had, fat mike's posters up on my wall and so it's crazy that he's now doing a split album with him that is cool because they always say uh don't meet your idols or whatever or your heroes yeah, never meet your heroes um but sometimes it works out sometimes it works out um yeah overall i think there's some solid song choices on here and i think even though i find some of the covers are a little more low effort than some of the other ones they're still like high quality. Like it's professional musicians covering professional musicians that they know. It's very like even at its worst, it's still very good. Yeah, right. Everyone's kind of out in full force doing their thing. Whatever yeah. their thing might be. Uh that said, Alex, should we just get into the meat of this and start talking about this? Let's talk about a song. Let's talk about so we're gonna we're just gonna go through it sequentially. So the first Song uh, the first five songs are all or Frank Turner originals that have been covered by No Effects. So we're gonna start with Substitute. Music it's my substitute for love. The last girl that I loved, she was a low and lusty liar. Which is originally off the album Love Iron Song, I believe. It is. It is. Which is a 2008. I don't have. I don't. I don't have years written down. Uh, it Ugh, was this... Alex, you fucking amateur. <laughs> Who cares when things happen? Time. Time doesn't really exist. 
It's a 2009 um, album, Love Iron Song. So his first EP came out in 2006. So this is three years after that. Yeah, and then he had one album before this. And this is the second one. And right. he has this song on it. And it's about... It's, it's like comparing, comparing his experiences with love and his experiences with music. And perhaps trying to explain why he's so drawn to music. Perhaps. Mm. But also mostly talking about um, relationships. Because a lot of yeah. Frank Turner songs end up being about relationships. Relationships. This is about particularly two, two women. The first girl that he fell for and the last girl, which I'm assuming to mean most recent and not like the last girl I'll ever love, although maybe that is an interpretation of it as well. Well, I should hope at the time he didn't know because I don't think he'd met his wife yet. Yeah, I don't believe he had. But, you know, he's he, he can be dramatic in songs, so maybe, oh, that's maybe he true. was being a little dramatic here. That is possible. Songs are not always just, you know, history written down. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> that makes that 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 doesn't that doesn't check. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, so this this song um it's uh I'm just going to march right past your bullshit Alex. What? So it's about these these two failed relationships and it's also about how he substitutes music for love. And so in 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 reading it there seems to be the idea president he talks about why the the women he was in relationships like what their flaws were in the verses. He says, uh, like, the first one's a visionary girl who's caught up in her own ideologies that she has no room for anything else. But then tucked in at the, at the last line is he says, I wrote her 15 songs, but still we had to part. And then the next girl he wrote 16 songs for. So he almost seems to use love as an excuse for music. Yeah, and he does write a lot of songs about women. Um... And also, kind of goes like 15, 16, shows that progression, but almost seems like he's progressively falling for them more and more sort of thing. Yeah. That, that idea will also come up in, uh, I believe, the second track mm. on this. But yeah, so he, he's, he's, coming, he's falling more and more in love. He's making more songs. And that's, uh, that's how he gauges each relationship is by the, it seems to be by the amount of music produced, sort of, which yeah. ties into the chorus, music is my substitute for love. So I think he is acknowledging in this is that he has an unhealthy relationship with love, and, but also the women he was with had an unhealthy, like, view of it. And he ends up sort of comparing his experience with love to his experience with music. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, I, we bring up the idea of true love near the end. Um, I've had many different girls inside my bed, but only one or two inside my head. And then he says, what I would give not to stumble, but to really fall in love. And I could substitute my singing for the sound of someone sleeping next to me. A lot of S sounds there. Yeah. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. So it's uh, in that is almost the idea that like music is his like mating call or like his mating dance and then as soon as he finds an actual lover he could maybe stop singing it's like a it's like a sherlock holmes situation where when he's on the case he doesn't need his cocaine that's right exactly Hmm. of course he doesn't really bring addiction into this one no but i don't know maybe 
But uh, kind of. If music was the food of love, then I'd be a fat romantic slob. He does say that. Yeah. See, so you know, he overindulges in music, certainly. And that's the song. Well, that's the song. Yeah, it's about failed relationships and and Too music. Specifically, one ended because they weren't compatible. One because they were cheating. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the musical composition of this, like, kind of, it's it's pretty much acoustic guitar. Yeah, a lot of these earlier ones, it's kind of easy to say. Like, he plays acoustic guitar, strums mm-hmm. that guitar, and sings at the same time. This one's kind of got like more. Uh, I mean, most of them have sort of like an involved picking, well, like strumming pattern. Um, but you really get that kind of like country influence there from the, mm-hmm. the playing style. Yeah, it's uh, it's got me thinking of last week when we talked about Peter Green being an emotional guitar player. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's some of that here, where if we, as we go through these Frank Turner tracks, you're gonna notice sort of different tones coming out of the guitar. So this is a more dark tone. We'll have other ones where it's much brighter and lighter. It's not necessarily complex playing, like you said. It's got some of that finger picking country influence in there, but you know it's fairly simple overall. Yeah, yeah. And there's not, like, a ton of other instruments or anything. It's pretty... No. There's, like, I think another guitar for some of it. Yeah, I believe there are two guitars, and I think I'm hearing a little bit of shaker percussion shaker. in the uh, chorus. Yeah, that's pretty quiet. Yeah, very quiet. Like, um, I literally just picked up on that now, so... Yeah, same, because you said it, and I heard it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's very simple. You know, you get louder in the chorus. Um, you get more involved on the second verse that guitar is doing a lot more work. Yeah, but there's not like a ton of different parts to it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's like that's pretty much it. Uh, with that, Alex, anything to say about the original before we move on to the no effects version? No, take it away. All right, no effects covered this in the year 2020. It's my substitute for love. The last girl that I loved, she was the low and lusty love. Who? Um, no effects. Never heard of. Uh, or it's Nofx. 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 Uh, um, yes, they did. Yeah, so this is a very, uh, we start off with like a sort of skank guitar. This is very ska punk. Yeah, yeah. These songs all have like varying levels of ska going yeah, on. Yeah, that, uh, that's uh, the big like difference between. Like how them much all. ska did they put in this one? Uh, the beginning, not rhythmically, but the ska kind of has it. Like it's like the sounds like overdriven. I think, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and there's like a bit of echo on it, maybe because they really let it ring out in that space. Yeah, definitely. And then I believe they add some bass in pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, it's a lot of, like, walking bass line-inspired bass lines. He really gets to move around when he's playing. Mm-hmm. And, uh... No, I've, and, I, I, well, yeah. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Well, we go through the first uh, verse in this sort of quiet... The, the rhythm guitar, that bass kind of going up and down, and then Fat Mike's vocals, which are... your 
pretty uh, standard, like the punk standard for the 1990s. Yeah, like uh, gruff and not necessarily that melodic, but like yeah, kind of melodic. Yeah, and a little bit whiny. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a little whiny. It's just a, yeah, it's the touch whiny. Um, and so he goes in through the first verse, and then at the the line music, and yeah, it does most of the first chorus music. It's my substitute for love. You do the the lead into the big playing heavy part. Yes, and there's also those like punk harmonies on there. Those are gonna come up a lot. Um, yeah, where we've talked about this before. Like it's it's kind of just everyone singing over the thing. Like it's sort of a harmony, but it's really just everyone singing together. Yeah, so it's not like professional. It's not clean. Yeah, but that that dirtiness of you know your ragtag choir getting together is. It's punk rock. It's very. This is like textbook punk. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the rudiments we're discussing here. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so you get the big rip, and then we get a, a sort of new establishment for the second verse of instruments, which does big long sustains, and then quick run segments in between certain lines. Yeah, and I mean the rhythm, like the drums pop in. We're not very ska at this point it's pretty straight punk yeah um it's all just like four on the floor kind of situation with the drums Mm -hmm. um and like you said that guitar is a little more distorted and playing them chords but quickly and it it like speeds up at this point because yeah we start getting some very fast playing and then this is essentially another big thing we're going to see with these no effects covers is going from fast to slow to the the to the intro breakdown back to fast and just like a lot of shifting the like tempo I suppose. Yeah, there's a lot of like sections, especially I mean if you look at it compared to the original, a lot of them are going to be similar to this song in that it's pretty much Frank Turner with a acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. maybe a few other tracks on there. Um, or simple other things or whatever. And they'll like have a ska section and then they'll speed it up a bit and it's more like just like straight punk rock and then they'll do their harmonies or whatever. Or mm-hmm. like a breakdown. Yeah. Which kind of what you said, but I like to think it added something. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. <laughs> I say it certainly adds something. Now, um, I mean, that's pretty much the instrumental stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. There's a few, and this is one of the only songs that does it on the album, a few lyrical changes. Uh, some of them minor, some of them less than minor. So the first one being, instead of instead of girls, he calls them dimes at one point. It says dimes? Is, okay. Yeah, many different dimes inside my head. Dimes. But only, and, and he switches it around, head and bed. So yes. on the original, it's many girls inside my bed. He says inside my head but only one or two inside my bed. So is, he, is it like dames? Is it supposed to yeah. be like he's saying it with an accent? Yeah. Dimes. He doesn't really pull out that full, like, pretending to do no. a Wessex accent yet. But, uh, yeah, I think he maybe pulls that in occasionally. Um, I honestly couldn't then, figure out what he was saying. <laughs> that's, I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is. That's the only thing that's made sense so far, so... There you go. Um, and then near the end, instead of someone sleeping next to me, oh, what I would give, he says, someone tied up next to me. Ah. I think, I personally believe both of these line changes 
are uh, pretty crucial moves in making this song more pop punk. <laughs> yeah, because now it's like, well, I guess the two interpretations of Tied Up is either like BDSM or he's kidnapped a person mm-hmm. uh, and tied them up. Um, but I think it's the ambiguity that makes it a little more like pop punky. <laughs> Yeah, that sort of like wacky hijinks that might be sexual. When yeah. you talk about pop punk, vaguely sexual talk about how... wacky hijinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pop punk. How 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 teenage it is, right? And that is that is teenage hijinks. That's teenage humor. And then the the concept of having a lot of girls inside your head, but only having slept with a couple is again like a very a very young person. Like, oh, I like all these attractive girls, but I've only had sex with one or two. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, like, changes that and, like, changes the the perspective of the song to be mm-hmm. from a different character, I guess. Yeah, it, it turns this uh, song sort of about failed relationships into a much more, like, pop-punk take on that, where it's yeah. like, I'm a bit of a loser, maybe, and, yeah. <laughs> but hey, I'm out here and I'm doing it. Yeah. And yeah, along with like the the sort of richer composition, which is a, a pretty easy bar to to, to cross over. Right. Um, I really do think this is maybe uh, maybe even one of NoFX's more solid covers on this album. I think this one does a great job of opening the album. I think it it does a great job of really taking this song and making it their own. Switching it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts on this one, Alex? I don't have many other thoughts on this one. All right. Well, we're going to move to track two. Also from, no, no, also from the year 2009, is it? It's from Sleep is for the Week. Yeah, that was when Uh, the, like, (laughs) anniversary or something edition came out, so. Okay. Yeah, there there was, like, a second edition. So if you look at the release date of the, I don't remember now when it actually came out. It would have been, like, 06, 07. Yeah, 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 that seems right. Um, so it's an earlier one, but it is, uh, it's Worst Things Happen at Sea. Honestly, relax, my dear, it's clear that we're done. Doesn't take a scientist to figure out that one. It's obvious the way you move, the way you hold your head, the way you hide. Worst Things Happen at Sea, which is a, I couldn't figure out if it was like a legitimate phrase. I believe it is, isn't it? Uh, I. I wasn't sure. I feel like it's got to be, right? It sounds like yeah. it. It sounds like old-timey, like, oh, worse things happen at sea. Like, don't worry about that thing you're worried about, because it could be worse. Just think if you were at sea, and that happened. Mm-hmm. You'd be... Or, you know, just because of the, the batshit stories sailors tell? Yeah. I guess that's it's another like, thing. Tell sailors Worst tales. things have happened at sea, because... Sirens, they got manatees. out there. Oh, they, got, they got fucking krakens. Yeah, what they not. got super hot fish out there, bro. It's crazy. You will want to kidnap these fish. Yeah, um, and I, I just tried to look up the phrase, and I think encountered the same problem you did, is there doesn't seem to be a clear origin. Yeah. Um, On the Genius page, when you look at that line, the person, uh, what's his name? Does he have a name? Uh, It might be Oliver Clayhorn. No, that's just the guy who says it's also in Monty Python's Life of Brian. 
But yeah, he says, Frank's lover dismisses his heartache with the old adage, worse things happen at sea, oh. implying that this is, like, a common knowledge. Alright, well, it's not something that I've heard very often, so I'm assuming it's an English thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard a variation of it, but what that would be now, I can't even think of. Uh, maybe. Uh, so we go from a, uh, a, a, a song about failed relationships in a past tense to a present tense we get to witness a breakup right the the first one substitute was more about the idea of failed relationships and this is Mm -hmm. about a specific failed relationship and he's very like upset about it yeah like that's the that's the tone that comes across here like it's it's, a real building frustration yeah it's like like yeah it it's done like i don't want to think about it kind of thing like obviously it's done and I just need to get over it, but like it's clearly upset. Yeah, and it's it's very much he's been in other relationships before. This isn't the inexperienced lover from the No Effects cover. Mm-hmm. This is uh, like this is Frank because he says I'll be fine. This isn't my first time. I've taken blows before, and every time I've survived. And he even like this is in the second verse where he's trying to you know justify that it's going to be fine. He says at least you never tried to fuck my friends implying that that has happened before like worse things have technically happened to him before but this one as we go out through the song obviously hurts a lot more yeah he's just trying to convince himself that that it could be worse but that's hard to do and not always a good thing Mm-hmm. And throughout it, with the, the repetition of the, the verses, she says, he's, and of course he's saying, you say, you say worse things happen at sea, I say worse things have happened to me. Which rhymes. Yeah, it rhymes, and he's saying, well, you know what, like, I've, I've been through worse than this, like, fuck you, I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine. And, yeah, it starts to well up both in what the lyrics say and how he's singing them and sort of the welling of the instrumentation. Yeah, yeah, because we get yeah. the strings in there, so you really get mm-hmm. that like build of the of the strings throughout. Yeah, and then it kind of climaxes at the the well. Honestly, your honesty has emerged unscathed. Verse. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like anytime you say I'm doing fucking great, that's like <laughs> that's such like a sarcastic thing to say. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm and he's, fucking he's, great. <laughs> I'm fucking great. Yeah, and he's screaming this uh this whole verse. Um yeah, brilliant. I really love this uh this whole verse. I know my place, I know your face, so you hide yours and I'll keep to mine. <laughs> Where you like have that like he rhymes, he has two phrases and he yeah. It's like an A-B-B-A kind of situation. and Yeah, it's just like so fast that you have to look at it and say, wait a second, what the fuck did he say? And then you mm. read it and you're like, oh, uh. that is cold. <laughs> yeah, he brings up other things uh, in the build-up, like how he's going to see her in the arms of other friends, or other men, which is, again, like he's he's been through this shit in previous relationships, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's I guess, the other part of it, where he just feels like, ah, oh, we're going through this again, sort of thing. Yeah, he's like, here's what fucking happens. I've been through this. This is everything yeah. that happens. He's frustrated, and he's, and he's sort of being dismissive about the situation, trying to move past yeah. it, but he can't. So it maybe feels like he's wasting more time. Like, he wasted time, and now he can't get over it, so he's wasting more time. So that would frustrate me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think and you can it's it's a pretty strong song for like creating that atmosphere and like getting that across. I think. Yeah, getting that. I've just kind of noticed. I mean, I I knew it was there, but you, every time the chorus happens, it actually grows longer each time by two lines. Oh, interesting. So it's like so it's it's like we slowly reveal what he's actually thinking. You more and then, get like you know, more we, and more detail mm-hmm. every time it goes a little further. And then yeah, it breaks at the end. We've had our big climax, and then the final line is, "This is the worst thing that's happened to me." I guess worst things happen at sea. This is, so he it, like, it kind breaks of takes her viewpoint like yeah. like a wave like a wave yeah this this whole thing has a, a sort of nautical vibe even in the instrumentation how so i'd say the it's really the guitar that's playing it for me is uh it's got this i've written ancient sea vibe to it yeah i guess a lot of the time i mean frank turner often gets classified as like folk punk so mm-hmm. when he brings that like kind of old English stuff, mostly probably through use of like the mandolin in a particular, yeah. or, or or maybe it's like a finger pick guitar style. I I don't know exactly, but it feels like that. Like any like medieval, vaguely medieval um, music that sounds English is gonna feel kind of oceany because because England is on an island yeah i suppose you're right that's probably what i'm picking up on <gasps> or you know nautical or yeah i don't know there's some there's something there there's something there there is yeah there's definitely something there so again i guess we'll talk about the instrumentation here it is primarily acoustic guitar yeah um, something dark that it almost reminds me of a jethro tull song but i can't think of which um one. i mother goose maybe maybe because that's what I'm getting, like, right at the beginning. Yeah, that the tone of it is very similar. Um, and again, old English kind of vibe on that. So, yeah, I think you yeah. you sussed out what I was, I was feeling there. Um, and that kind of goes... He does that sort of, again, like, picking and strumming pattern. Um, mm-hmm. Get that, like, folky feeling. And then slowly in the background, you start to get those... Um, strings mm-hmm. that swell up after a while you start to get them fairly early on but not right yeah. at the start and it's you know it's quite light and then again this is another song where everything builds 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 until we get the big break which is him screaming at the end while the the strings actually kind of play alongside him and they're going up and all, all, they would be soloing if he wasn't singing but you know they're they're doing quite a lot of melody work. Yeah, they're kind of doing their own counter melody. Yeah. Second melody at the same time. Because it's like, like they're not just like playing chords. Yeah. Or like uh, a run or something like that, like an arpeggio. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it seems to be, like, it, like I said, it would be a solo. So yeah, maybe a counter melody is the... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember here. all my terms, and, and I'm blanking a little bit. Something well, like you that. You know, they say the best way to find out the correct term is to be wrong on the internet, right? True. Because then people come correct you. Yeah, Never happens just, on this podcast. But. We're trying to be wrong as much as possible. We need people to correct us. Exactly. That's, it's not working. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we've been wrong a lot. 
We've been wrong a lot, I'm sure. Um, there's also some, like... I want to say hand drumming. It doesn't necessarily have to be hands. But it is something... It's, like, soft drumming, so yeah. you think it might be with a... It I'll be honest, like I haven't even picked up on it. Is there a point where it's quite clear in like the song? like, 2.30? Two, okay, I'm just coming up on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear that. Yeah, it's, it's buried pretty deep, but it's there. Yeah. Deep like the sea? Whoa! Levels. <laughs> We've cracked this thing wide open. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much his version. It, like, quiets down at the end because he's kind of, like, defeated and sad. Yeah. It's it's a very simple composition that's I think done expertly. Yeah, like uh like I already said, like it it uh conveys its its mood very well. Mhm. And sort of its progression of like emotion. Yeah. With that, let's talk about the no effects version. Honestly, relax, my dear. It's clear that we are done. Doesn't take a scientist to figure out that one. It's obvious the way. Like with the no effects version. So it starts uh, with strumming a chord repeatedly. And I know it's just a very simple action, but it kind of sounds like the beginning of Now I'm Here by Queen. Right. For a yeah. bit. For a point of reference. Yeah, you get that. And then I think there's another one that's doing like a, a root five kind of rhythm. Like, yes. After a couple seconds, that comes in. And, yeah. And that happens for a bit. Because usually when you play a song, you do things more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then some vocals. Yeah, very nasally on this track, more so than I think any other. Hmm, I didn't compare nasality. But you always got to be looking for nasality. Got to listen to nasality. I forgot noses. Even people had them. Fuck. I got to look at pictures. I don't have a mirror right now. I used to have a mirror in uh, my room, but I haven't bought. Okay. I haven't got one yet. You um, forget what human faces. I, look I haven't like. just looked at faces as much. Mine specifically. I have a nose. Yeah. You might not know this, uh, list, dear listeners. I've seen it. Uh, you know this, Jake. I, I smell things sometimes. <laughs> That's true. I've seen you do it. Uh, dramatically. Yeah, like a bloodhound. <laughs> With my ears? Go, ra- uh, go around the whole room. <laughs> and then you go like real stiff and just point in a direction. Like a cartoon dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this song is like a cartoon dog. That's what we're trying to say. That's what we're trying to say. Um, um, so it's, it is like, again... It's a it's a pop punk interpretation. So it starts out much louder than the original is is one true, thing to say true. like that. So we're already at like a higher energy level. Um, he then drums come in around the line about pretty eyes. Yeah, they kind of like come in with this fill and then just straight, mm-hmm. straight four four. Um, and then it kind of continues that way. This one, not a, not a, as many changes, I don't think. Um, there's a higher guitar that comes in after they do the, like, worst things happen at sea. Yeah. Bit. Um, and then, actually, there is a, a faster segment. Yeah, that's around 148, I believe. Yeah. So, I'd say 
something that you might expect from this sort of a punk song. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Again, it's, it's... So, uh, I'll just finish Go my ahead. thought. Um, yeah. Whereas in the Frank Turner version, sort of the the strings were a big part of that tension build. This one yeah. increases the tempo. Yeah, it's a uh, it's similarly constructed, honestly, to their their cover of Substitute, where they're they're doing a lot of dynamics. It's this is a big heavy section. We'll drop to a low one. We're gonna play this bit very fast. Like things move quite quickly through different phases. Yeah, which is, I mean, uh, we talked about something kind of like that back in uh, like Stacy's mom, mm-hmm. right? Where like there's the different segments, even though that that song is more like pop punk adjacent yeah Um, but i think there's a similar sort of theory behind it and like a similar history yeah the style of playing anyway uh yeah i would agree with that uh when we come to the like the last uh chorus uh session the longest chorus uh you get a sort of call and response between uh fat mike and somebody else presumably where they they do like a shouting out of the next line and their voice sounds like a little distorted maybe Yeah, this one actually kind of had like has more like traditional backup vocals too like people yeah. like they're doing the like uh as opposed to just the kind of straight more straightforward like shouting the line again. Yeah, shouting with your boys. Mhm. Boy shouting. Yeah. <laughs> classic boy shouting boy shouts um i thought i had something else uh there's some pretty like as part of the build i think the guitar really starts to like go fast and like play some like fast licks too yeah like as the vocals are going so i th- i think it's just kind of trying to create that same effect you get from the the swell of the strings yeah i think you're right yeah like around 228 it does like a just like a straight up almost heavy metal rip Mm -hmm. yeah yeah some of the some of the stuff they do definitely has that feeling Mm -hmm. uh so really it's, it's trying to do a lot of the same things but because they've changed it into this like pop punk thing it starts higher and does different things to rise up yeah i'd say it's a successful translation into pop punk maybe even something a little harder than pop punk maybe just punk maybe maybe it's semi-hardcore pop punk but actually had a post before that because everything is after something why not i just my my thing coming into that is i don't think like with substitute i think something was really gained we really uh, we really moved to a new interesting version of that song just with a few subtle changes but with this i feel we're at not no no net gain or net loss it is just a different take on the song sure so there's nothing wrong with that and this is what this is kind of what i i talked about when we talked in the overview something wrong with that there's nothing like fucking awesome about that either it's just cool you're like hey it's a no effects version of it cool right on that rocks you might say that's yeah you might say that you might say this doesn't rock but you might say this is not my beautiful rock you might say a lot of things uh, 
You might but say a lot of things. What would you, you might even, say, Alex? I might say worst things happen at sea. Hey. Pretty clever, Alex. But that's not implying that I didn't like this version. Although I do, for a lot of them, um, kind of hold that similar, but like on the same level kind of thing. Not like necessarily improving or harming. Yeah. Uh, opinion, like very, just a different thing. Just a different thing. Yeah. There's uh. Yeah. There's yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's move on to Thatcher Fuck the Kids, Alex. Ah, this is a fun song. When all sense of community dies, but you just close your eyes to the other side of all the things that she did. Thatcher Fuck the Kids. Yeah, 2006 from the Campfire Punk Rock EP. Going way back. about Margaret Thatcher, who was the UK Prime Minister from 1979 to 1990. Maggie Thatcher herself. Mm-hmm. So, like, and a little political, because, uh, you know, of the politics of the situation. Yeah, um, I love that both uh, both bands did a political cover for a country that they're <laughs> not a part of. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Of course, Frank Turner has that Make America Great Again song. That's true, yeah. So sometimes you gotta be political uh, across the pond, globally, as yeah, they say. The sometimes politics have global effects. That's right, baby. From time to time. Uh, so the song itself is um, Frank laments the effect of Thatcher era policies on the younger generation, who yeah really had no part in picking this particular government. And, in his opinion, were largely harmed by growing up with this government. Yeah, um, summed up by uh, his criticisms of a sort of individualism, which was uh, purported by Thatcher with the quote, There's no such thing as society. There are individual men and women, and there are families. And um, there's another thing he says, but yeah, he talks about one. He talks about in the first verse how he he's you know he has to be cautious around children because they're little fucking bastards for trying to steal his wallet and shit. But then the rest of it, he explains it's not really their fault. It's Margaret Thatcher for pushing and 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 the whole boomer generation essentially for pushing these uh these policies that made them richer and then not offering those same opportunities to the youth. Yeah, and then chastising them for complaining. Mhm. about it. Frank Turner does not play this song anymore. No. Um which is fair. It's like pretty strongly political. Um, yeah. But I think it's a fun song. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's you know, it's played on an acoustic guitar. It's it's a it's a good little political punk song. It's like, hey, you know who's a fucking bitch? Thatcher. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's that's really it. Fun we don't need to delve too much into it. Um, yeah, and instrumentally, it's it's acoustic guitar, baby. It certainly is. I didn't. This notice, is much like... more laid back. Like, the last two have been a much darker acoustic tone. This one's quite bright, quite playful in its sound. Yeah, it's got kind of a... It's it's little uh, strumming, picking pattern thing. That's 
distinctive, I think. Like, I could pick it out, plays that over and over again, change a little bit on the mm-hmm. chorus. Like, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, longer notes vocally in the chorus as well. A lot of sustains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. It's a very simple piece. What you might expect from a, an EP called Campfire Punk Rock. It really fits that idea. I happen to agree. Also, fun to sing along with. At least yeah. for the one line, Thatcher fuck the kids. Thatcher fuck the kids. And it is, yeah, it's very sing-songy, that particular lawn, line. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is like him just like saying things. Some of them mm-hmm. rhyme. Do they all rhyme? They don't all rhyme. It's like it's not necessarily like a song that is trying to rhyme or have a particular mm-hmm. structure. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um with that, Alex, let's talk about the no effects version. Did all the rich folks act surprised when all sense of community dies? But you just close your eyes to the other side. My first note is this is some mozzarella stick ska. Yeah, this is now we're now we're dipping into the ska. This is, this is mozzarella blast. sticks with ska sauce. This is <laughs> we're yeah we're going ska now. Yeah, we're if you were you were wondering if we were gonna get very ska on this album, they do. It's this. Yeah, comes in with this guitar very similar to the other skyish guitar we were talking about before. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays a little riff and then like in between like does upstrums like it's it's all that like backbeat ska stuff yeah and then yeah and then once you get into the second half of the first verse there's a little guitar that kind of goes like up and down between the the ska beats oh yeah that like quick thing they use sometimes yeah that like i don't know all the ska theory but i feel like i've heard this on ska songs before yeah um, they're they're playing an organ along with that uh with the progression Mm-hmm. It's kind of doing its own like. Bah, da, bah, bah. It's very bouncy, which you'd expect from ska. Yeah, but also is, the original and... is more bouncy than at least the first two songs. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, this is a real good like uh like up. It's an upbeat song. It really lifts you up after the last two, which are pretty hard. Oh yeah. And then you get to this, which is it's a great punk rock criticism. They really they really tuned in on the fun of the original, and they're like, "Here, you go full blast on the ska with it. It's gonna be fun." Yeah, you get into like the punk attitude where it's like, okay, not necessarily the most sophisticated argument, but like still, fuck you for doing bad thing like that hurt harmed me in my perception. Yeah. So like, like listen, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just I'm just mad right now, so I'm gonna express yeah. it with this song. And like, yeah, let's have a good time with it too. Mm-hmm. So you get like a trumpet ripping in occasionally throughout yeah, the song too. Yeah, I think too. there's a saxophone. Okay. Um, involved because like, I keep hearing brass lately, and I've done this weird thing where I'm like, oh, it's a trumpet. That trumpet's weirdly raspy, and then realizing I've been listening to a saxophone the whole time. Okay. I don't know why it's happened so much lately. But I, it happened to me on this song as well. I was like, oh, a trumpet. And then it was like, like, I don't think a trumpet can do that. Okay, so this is a sax. I think so. But at All the same right. time, it could be like, um, I mean, you could get a lot of trombone in ska. Mm. So I wonder if it's like a muting technique or something. Now I'm second yeah, guessing myself. Hmm. Nevertheless, it is brass. 
It's brass. Uh, that's, that's being played by El Jefe. It's just his name, man. I don't know. Can you play a trumpet like that? It sounds so low. I'm not the man to ask. It could be a trumpet. I don't know. Now, now I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. What is life? Who knows anything? Who knows? Um, so th- this version vocally, uh, uh, Fat Mike starts to dip into a, a, a Wessex accent here, or at least his <laughs> f- phony attempt at it. Yes, they go heavy on the accents. Yeah, especially the closer you get to the end of it. And just like the super full blow. Uh, it, other band members seem to be joining in. It sounds like there's mm-hmm. more than one. More than one accent? More than one. Is that what it sounds like yeah. to you? Like more than one person? Yeah, I think so. And obviously you get the uh, the female vocals that come in on the welfare state verse near True. the end there. True. I don't know who that is. Um, She's only been a member since 2015. I had their fucking Wikipedia. Okay, but she's in the... Because I was curious because she's not in the video. Music video, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I thought I saw like some images of them with a female band member but i yeah it's karina denike if okay. i'm pronouncing that right all right denike maybe denike i don't know how to spell it um uh, well but it's not important it's like denike but with an accent of e on all right all right i can accept that um um yeah, definitely like a fun version, especially with those fake accents. Um, yeah, and you get studio chatter at the end. Which is always fun. They they seem to like to do studio chatter. Mm-hmm. No effects, that is. And he's that like, is, yeah. so you're telling me I should use the saxophone? He's like, oh, yeah, man. He's like Frank Turner. Yeah, he says, uh, "What's the, uh, so you're sure you want me to sing this like Frank Turner? And then he says, ask me that in a West X accent. He says, so you sure you want me to sing this like Frank Turner? Yeah, and I also don't know what a Wessex accent would sound like. Presumably Frank Frank Turner, sure, but I thought he had more like a South London thing going. But not really, because that's more like David Bowie and, ah, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, just pick one. Somebody will correct us on it. Right, yeah. Uh, That is what we call a Geordie accent. There we go. <laughs> always, always know a good Geordie boy when I hear him. Uh, um, have you heard yeah, a Geordie accent? They're fucking I wild, man. Probably have. Yeah, I think they're pretty wild. Uh, um, I was going to say, Fat Mike does this where he does vocal impersonations at the end of tracks at least twice. Because <laughs> yeah. one of the ones we're going to talk about, Scavenger type, he like there's three minutes of him doing different like Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. And, and like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. We will get to that soon. Um, let's talk about the music video for this one. Yeah, you uh, take the lead. I will take the lead as soon as I find my place again. So it's Fat Mike's kids, I assume. Um, and they, they are, like, drinking some milk. There's a lot of green screen usage in this. Yeah. And then, uh, like, uh, very clearly, because, like, the, the background slides around them as they're sitting on, allegedly, a floor. It's sliding under them. Yeah, they really went for that, like, 90s homemade punk vibe. Yeah, it's very, like... It's very DIY. I guess lo-fi. Yeah, DIY probably yeah. more so. And they put, like, a little filter over it to make it look like it's on, like, your old camcorder style of film. Yeah, I guess it is. And, yeah, so it's two kids. They get their milk taken away by an adult woman who's obviously meant to represent Thatcher. 
then they throw their their hoods up and start acting like little shits. Uh, they got Nerf guns and they like shoot them at some people. They graffiti a garage door and dance around. Uh, there's a nice Lego sculpture that presumably the the kid built or maybe Fat Mike built it. I don't know. I hope they built it together. I hope they built it together like a loving family. And then that kid then disguise dresses himself as a rich guy and he nominates himself the world's best boss. And he's trying to pick and, between his Mercedes and his Ferrari, which are both like yeah. electric kids cars. Yeah, yeah, those those ones. Which do you think that kid has both of those cars? I hope so. That's that's nuts. I never got one of those cars when no, I was No, I always wanted one. Yeah, they looked fucking rad as hell. They were probably not as rad as they seemed like, but they still seemed really rad, so. Yeah, exactly. You probably ride it twice, and you're like, yeah, all right. And then the battery died when you were in it, and you're like, ah, now I have to push this home. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it there. Let nature reclaim it. Yeah, and then uh, so the rich guy's car gets egged by the other kid, and then the kids are dressed up as Frank Turner with pink hair, and then Fat Oh, Mike that's with right. Not pink Frank hair. Turner had pink hair for a while. Yeah. I was like, who's redheaded that this would be <laughs> referencing? <laughs> See how the kids uh, dress up as them, dance around and sing a bit. It's it's fun. You know, it was made, obviously, in the States during quarantine. Uh, yeah. I think they did a, a great job with yeah. it. Fits with the version of the song. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very, it's, you know, it's ska, baby. With that, let's move into the Ballad of Me and My Friends, which is also from the Campfire Punk Rock EP. Everybody's got themselves a plan. Everybody thinks they'll be the man, including the girls, the musicians. Yeah, this is a story song, pretty short story. Mm-hmm. He's just talking about Frank Turner writes about being part of this music scene at this Nambuka establishment, which yeah. he was a part of. There were and he's talking about his friends. Apparently, he left out his friend Dan, I believe, who he wrote Dan's song for later. Oh yeah. Um, and it's it's like autobiographical, but also like pretty vague. So it's like, hey, I'm playing a show, and I'm getting people to come to the show. Yeah, in a more general sense, it is about the struggles of being a like a working musician. Yeah, and like this feeling of like we're all trying to get somewhere, but right now we're sort of in this weird limbo state where we need to be doing this, but we also, um, I lost my train of thought a little bit. We're in this weird limbo state where like, this is what we want to do, but we're still trying to like go somewhere with it. Yeah. There is, uh, I'm missing the line here, but there's a, a good line that captures that one. Um, I guess, yeah, it is like the, the none of this is going anywhere verse. Yeah. And, like, maybe no one will care about this, but this is, like, this is our time. Of course, this was, like, really early. This is his first album. Um, And also kind of because of this uh, experience, this Nambuka part in his life, you may notice a lot of his early songs being very, like, nostalgic, despite him being in his, like, early 20s. Right. Uh, Which is kind of something I think he tried to address later a Mm. little bit. But he definitely, a lot of his songs have that attitude. And, of course, yeah. the classic line, well, not necessarily classic, but, like, a great line to belt out with a group of people 
we're definitely going to hell, but we'll have all the best stories to tell. Like it's a very short yeah. song, but like it really hinges on like that line. I think mm-hmm. you get get the crowd in with that. Plus, it's it's either live or fake live. Yeah, I think I think it is live, and what he's done is instructed the audience which parts to sing along with. Right. Because at the end he says like, "Oh, that was Ace. Like, good, good, good job, everyone." I like to call things Ace. It's fun. Yeah. Me too, baby. All the time. Ace. But yeah, it's that's Ace. <laughs> yeah. In summary, the song is about the the struggle of being an unknown. Really, anything he talks about, uh, particularly musicians, he talks about uh, everybody thinks they'll be the man, including the girls. Musicians who lack friends for to form a band or singer songwriters. The rest of us are DJs or official club photographers. You know, we're all trying to get our piece. And then the place burnt down. That's right. And it's rebuilt now, but it burned yeah. down for a while. Yeah, great song. It's a concert staple of his. He usually replaces uh, Nambuka with whatever city he's in when he says, tonight I'm playing another Nambuka show. But maybe he'd it's say Calgary. Trick. Maybe he'd say Vancouver. I don't know. Maybe. I don't Who know. knows? It's a mystery. It's, it is a mystery. Let's talk about the NoFX version. Everybody's got themselves a plan. Yeah. Which, first of all, I'm surprised they didn't change that line. That is true. Like, they must have a place they're from, right? Yeah. There must be, like, a, 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 a venue, even, that they're quite familiar with as a band. But they don't change it. So, I don't know. Um, uh, missed opportunity, I say. They, of course... Get the punk on in this one. Speed it up. Make it a little harder. A little rockier. Which mm-hmm. is what we've come to expect from their versions. Um, also, they don't have the in the title. That's not important, but it's the only song on the album that changes the title even a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just seeing that. Um, so, <laughs> they come in with the drums on this one and like really kind of set it up for like this punk anthem feeling because it really is kind of this anthemic thing even though it's very short um yeah but they they take it more into the punk anthem um yeah because you area. get those drums followed by just like a driving bass line just fucking like root notes and that's just that's just plugging in the energy to get people going mm-hmm. get people going uh on the line even the girls they have 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 girls singing Backups. They got them girls. Oh, look like at girls. Where do they find nice. girls? <laughs> I have no history with Beavis and Butthead whatsoever. Well, uh, my history is they were in the like interstitial parts of a Kid Cudi album. That's true. They are on Speed and Bullet Two. Heaven. Heaven. heaven? I always I think it's to heaven. I always forget if it's heaven or hell. Because I both could fit there. Um, Speed and bullet to heaven. Yeah, two. Yeah, two heaven. Number two. Speed and bullet one was hell. Um, and they uh, they really yeah, focus like on that. 
definitely going to hell line like they do like a whole breakdown for that because they're really going at first and then just like slow it down and do like we're definitely and like get like piano chords in there Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good like live rock and roll line i've already said that yeah i want to say it again you have said that i still believe it haven't changed in the last two minutes it's almost like like Bon Jovi-esque when they do it here. I don't know. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Okay. Yeah, something something in that like kind of big, showy arena rock vibe. Yeah, that's the feeling. Where you break it down to one. the piano and you let the whole, the whole gang join, it, join in. Yeah, even though it's like very brief because this is just a small part of the song and the rest of it's very fast. But Yeah, because they let that happen and then they just pick up the pace immediately yeah. again. Cause so like it's still kind of ant, but like that one goes to like a power ballad feeling, I guess mm-hmm. I would say, more than anything. I think that's a pretty punk move to just dip into another genre for a moment and be like, what if it was like this? And then you're like, oh, what if it was? And they're like, it's not. Ah. Um, and then they get into now. I'm struggling to come up with a name for this, but this is a style of music I've maybe Spotify is just shown me a lot of it lately i don't know but um there was a song i was listening to i couldn't find it again i forget what it was where it's like punk rock this like punk rock ballad or anthem i guess anthem where the whole band is singing and like everyone's supposed to be singing along so it's this like punk rock anthem choir sound do you know what i'm talking about like you get it on um uh, some homeless gospel choir songs yeah. Um, and I wish I remember this other group. Uh, gotta find them. But that's a sound I've been like hearing a lot lately and thinking about. Mm-hmm. To the point where I, like, I want a name better than punk anthem choir, but Well yeah, it's like the it's like the working man's chorus, right? It's a it's a ragtag band of individuals singing together. Yeah, I guess it's it's a maybe more formalized version of the like pub singing kind of thing yeah yeah i was gonna mention that yeah pub singing that if you recall the second opening group when we saw um the interrupters did a did a section like that i forget what the group is called now they are called the the openers for the interrupters the openers too opener harder um opener opener. i hardly know her um i know her jesus yeah but yeah it is that like yeah, somewhere between pub singing and just live audience singing at a concert. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's the song. It's quite short. It is quite short. Again, this is one that is just kind of like, what if it was punk? And you're like, oh, it's kind of cool. But it's it's no better or worse for it. It's just fun. Ugh. Anything else before we move on into Glory Hallelujah? Hallelujah. No, I think you had it right the first time. Um, no, go, go. Let's All go. right, 2011 album, England Keep My Bones. Um, this is a Frank Turner one. It's a, yeah. essentially a religious sermon about how God is dead. <laughs> and or doesn't and or never exist. Yeah, so it opens like, brothers and sisters, have you heard the news? Again, taking on this sort of like like how you would start a sermon. He's like, and he, It's a lot of biblical references. Storm is lifted. Um, 
my question to you, Alex, is in the first verse here, he says, so swap your confirmation for your dancing shoes. Is that a reference to the hit film Footloose? I haven't seen the hit film Footloose. So, um, the, uh, who's, what's his name? Kevin uh, Bacon. Prince Farquaad. Oh, no, not, um, John Lithgow. Uh, John Lithgow, uh, bans dancing in the town of Footloose. Okay, I'm generally <laughs> familiar with the plot. Yeah, when he's, but for, for religious reasons, he's a, uh, minister. Right, right. And then, naturally, Kevin Bacon convinces everybody to dance at the end of the film, including yeah. John Lithgow. Yeah, they loosen their dances. feet. Yeah, so is that, like... Is that a reference to that wherein religion is overthrown by dancing? I hope so. I'll have to watch it. See, I was going to watch it right after Dirty Dancing, then I forgot, and I still haven't watched it. So I'll honestly, put it on honestly, the list. Honestly, my opinion, not as good as Dirty Dancing. No? In fact, like the best thing it has going for it is it's like the music in it, which fucking rips. But, but like, yeah, like, I've already heard that mostly. Yeah. Okay. Um, exactly. I hope so. I don't know. But basically, he's saying... It's sort of this, um, sort of taking this idea of like rejoicing in the glory of God and flipping mm-hmm. it around, and be like, let's rejoice because there is no God. Yeah, which is and then there's all these like, little references to like step out of the darkness and onto the streets, which could be the darkness of churches or darkness being ignorance. Yeah, or um, just the idea about- of like dark and light that you get in kind of christian like let the light of christ into your heart or whatever yeah and then forget about the fast fasting being a religious thing let's have a carnival feast raise up your lowered head you lower your head for prayer mm-hmm. or if you're you know if you're sad and shit it's yeah so that's really it just done over f- fucking four verses in a bridge yeah it's a it's kind of a striking song uh if you're not familiar at all with frank turner and you hear it the first time you're like oh he's just like shouting about how g- they're never was a god that's fun there never was a god yeah and and then of course the the bridge is like be good to your fellow man yeah we don't have much time on here so do stuff and help each other and that's nice and they clap that's nice so naturally as you might expect from this piece it opens with a big fucking church organ yes yes it does the whole opening section there and then becomes a little more this is the first one that's like featuring well, I don't. It's the first one that like the band is there. I, I think they were still right, around yeah. in the other ones, like in the studio, but this is the like first full band song. Yeah, this is Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. Yeah. like, and this is also the album that they got their name from. Uh, the song "I Am Disappeared" talks about being the sleeping soul of something or other. Right. Um, also, an interesting song because it's about. A dream he had one time, um, where Bob Dylan was there. Which Sick. now Bob Dylan has like a several songs about dreams, possibly mm-hmm. dreams he's had, and I kind of like the notion that just like Bob Dylan is just in dreams all the time, like that's just where he <laughs> like lives or something. Yeah, that amuses that's, me that greatly. Like where it's live. something that I occasionally think about because of that song. Come talk to you about his woodworking or whatever like, he's into. Hey, kids. And anyway, that's Bob Dylan. That's my Bob Dylan. I'm Bob Dylan. Raccoon Rolling Stone. That's all I got. Yeah. Mm, anyway, that's a completely different song. Yes. Yeah, so this song, uh, we open with the church organ. It's very reverent. We get a guitar that gently starts to come in around the second half of the first verse. Then we get a backup choir that's specifically for the line, no God, whenever they say that. 
and then it's your, your classic things build. We get more guitar. We get a, a sort of happy, just a regular piano that moves in instead of an organ. Um, we get some drums. We get some electric guitars. We get big. Yeah, and then like it does a breakdown near the end. People start clapping. Mm-hmm. This is more like traditional pop kind of um, structure as well compared to the other ones that were yeah. kind of just him strumming. They were, I mean, there's several albums between those two things as well, so. Yeah. Interestingly, when we get to the, the Scared of Dying verse, the sort of bridge, yeah. we shift to a composition that is pretty reminiscent of what we've heard from NoFX so far. We get some staccato rhythm guitar, a bit of walking bass. Like, it's a, it's a little bit in their, in their wheelhouse. It definitely has more of that feeling. And, like, even the guitar sound is more similar. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we get, like, your big poppy hand claps, um, big long vocal sustains near the end while you have, like, the whole choir singing. Sorry, real quick. I had one more thought I yeah. wanted to confirm. They are strumming, but it is not on the, it is on the downbeat, which is yes. a little yeah, different. Not, yeah. yeah, not a skank. Not a skank. Sorry, sometimes I hear sounds, and I need to confirm no one's knocking on my door. Okay. No one's no knocking worries. on my door. No one's knocking on Alex's door. <laughs> oh. That hit Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> no one's knocking on Alex's door. <sighs> um. Yeah, Alex, we get like a, a hand clap, just vocal section. and we, it's, it's big, it's big, it's loud, and apparently it loops. So there's an organ that plays near the end that loops with the the start of the album. Well, that's fun. Yeah, there's like some piano that plays right at the end. I, mm-hmm. I've never looped this album before. No, me neither. Particularly, I'm looking at a deluxe edition here. So even if I did that, it wouldn't <laughs> necessarily work. Yeah, plus the beginning of the album is like, it starts on silence and then it's just him singing. Like it's only vocal, I think. No, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. No, it opens right. with some fucking, like, oboe or some shit. Probably clarinet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that is Glory Hallelujah. Should we talk about the cover of it? Now? We should talk about the cover of it now. There is no God. So clap your hands together. There is no No effects. Let's do it. So they also come into the keyboard, but it's not an organ. It's a piano. But it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's almost, almost got like a toy piano sound to it. It yeah. sounds a little bit juvenile. It's like compressed sounding. And this, I believe, the reference here, is this is the sort of piano you would often hear in a in church. Because like like, they'll have like one like digital piano or something. They don't have professional like sound people so like it's just amplified so that everyone can hear it they don't care about sound it doesn't sound amazing you know i think that's the intention yeah but it's similar to the organ like it's something you'd find in a church yeah uh it's almost like sunday school vibe yeah uh worth noting is that no effects has actually covered this song several times live prior to recording it for this album I think it's it's it is a very striking song because it's 
it's a good one for like that like level of defiance against the church especially if you grew up with you know religion as part of your life and you moved away from it and you're like hey let's still be cool but like still be excellent to each other but also let's leave the other stuff behind kind of thing yeah there's some similarities in terms of i guess just punching up an authority between this and thatcher fuck the kids definitely definitely both have a similar allure this one is probably easier to repeat it's kind of a more songy song like it feels more like a song as opposed to like a direct protest thing mm-hmm yeah, it's like a it's like Imagine almost in some ways by John Lennon. They kind of uh, play it that way too at the beginning, just because it's piano. Yeah, chords with singing over it. Um, it is lyrically condensed. This version, I think it's uh, we come in at about what thirty seconds shorter or something. A uh, full minute shorter. Full minute. And so yeah, the original is four thirty nine. This one's three twenty seven. How about that? So he uh, condenses like the first, I think, three, two or three verses into one, like short one. Um, again, we had harmonies on this. It's uh, a lot of cymbal drums. I just walking all over the place. I just realized something. I'm sorry. What? This is relevant to what you said before. You said it's like Imagine. I just realized I have a note that says it's kind of like a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> so i agree with you yeah well, i was looking but I particularly at the line or he's like no more uh like fighting no no cowering the dark for some overbearing priest no waiting until we die so the third verse right or and third and fourth no fighting for a land your distant fathers told you of no spilling blood for those who never spread a drop of love that's very like imagine and beatles-esque yeah that's a little that's a little lennon but i think in addition to that the way mm-hmm. they play the drums is kind of ringo-esque because Ooh. it's like all over the place sort of it's not necessarily like straight like rock beat at, until the end i think but like you're right it's it's playing it because the drummer thought the noises sounded good rather than yeah maybe that it was because he kind of does like different right drum option. patterns like he'll play all around and like it's in the rhythm or whatever but it's less conventional mm-hmm. um, in terms of yeah the patterns um so it's it's a it's it's a kind of beatles version it's kind of yeah neat. so you get to like 110 he just kind of like hits it's like a hi-hat or something just for a bit in between and it's very yeah beatles-esque yeah. plus there's like some harmonies that like legit harmonies they pull out on this one yeah so and different people are singing is there a beatles song where they all sing different parts it's gotta be right uh... There's gotta I'm be. Trying to think of, like, it kind of feels like, like Abbey Roadish. Mm. But I can't think of specifically. Yeah, no, why. you're 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 right though that this has a very Beatles vibe to it, and at the very least, having different members sing different parts gives it a a fuller feeling. This is a another anthemic piece. So often I complain about covers that change it like a solo piece to having a bunch of different singers but this one benefits from it because it's supposed to have a group vibe yeah you really get that feeling of yeah having more people because there are more people making themselves known um Mm -hmm. there's also like a harpsichord 
Yeah, that plays on the the, uh, the scared of dying bridge. Yeah. So. So that's fun. And that's when when you get uh Karina Karina Denike. Right. Nike. Nike. And then we we get a similar thing to the uh, the last track where they they slow it down to just some p- p- piano and vocals again, and then speed back up again. Yeah, and this time like for the outro, basically, just all out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Total like total shift. It's all punk rock now, baby. That's right. And, so, and yeah, another ended, another yeah. dynamic performance here. Right, yeah. What they've been doing with a lot of them where they have different sort of sections, very distinct sections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a big fun piece. I I think they do a lot with it. So and a good I think a good finisher for their half of the album. I agree. I think Glory Hallelujah is a good finisher anyway. Yeah. Um it was the last song or not was it the last song on I think I think maybe on the non-deluxe version. I can't yes. tell I'm on the fucking deluxe version. Let me uh, let me check here. England, keep Look my bones. Track listings. On the original, yes. The Glory Hallelujah is the last track. So yeah, it's got that finality. It's a and it's a great piece just in general so like we said it's got some good punk rock vibes in there mm-hmm. uh obviously they keyed in on that they've been playing it live before so maybe it's been it's maybe a sharper cover than some of the others because they have more experience playing it yeah they've had more time to like think about what they want to do with it and mm-hmm. maybe do it in an interesting way i know we've talked about was it was it spoon who sometimes is like hey we practice this song Let's do it as if we were playing it as this other group. Was that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. That was. So that's like a good that technique will actually for kind of switching come things up. In one of the Frank Turner covers, he took a similar approach to composing one of these. All right. So let's move right along then into the, right second, to the half second half of the half. album. Frank Turner covering Nox. Nox. The first one being Scavenger Type in 1994 from Punk and Drublick, which is their big kind of step into the mainstream. Yeah, so when they started to get recognition. Gigging alone at the bottom of the hill. Our protagonist named Bill sets his sights on an anchor steep point. All he. This song is not seven minutes long. No, it's like maybe two minutes long. But they seem to like adding silence and then outtakes on the ends of their albums. So there are two songs yeah. on here that are not as long as they seem. Yeah. Uh, let me... um, so this song is, I mean, the beauty of coming into this half of the album is the songs are uh, short, sweet, and simple. It's true. This song is about a homeless man. Named who, Bill. Uh, yeah, named Bill who busks and also picks up bottles. For to try and, and money. get booze primarily. Yeah, there's a lyric that says, like, where is it? Uh, California Redemption yeah, provides him with his rent, rent. Room and board inside a fifth of comfort. Southern comfort. That's alcohol, yeah. everybody. Uh, That's, wind penetrates uh, this his is, bones. Yeah. 
when penetrates his bones, his mind keeps focused. Yeah, he dies busking in the cold. Yeah, because the the mercury is dropping or something. The mercury, I think, referring to the yeah, thermometer. thermometer. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Charlie Freak. It's not quite that. Charlie Freak? The the Steely Dan song. I don't know that one. Steely it's, Dan no, song, Charlie of, Freak. It's off of Pretzel Logic. Logic. I should know it. Um, but with fewer characters. Uh, basically yeah. because it's about a homeless person who dies. Yeah, so like part of it is the uh, isolation of this man. Yeah, there's and really, he, like, it's just yeah. him talking about what he does, and, like, he's thinking about, oh, you know, later I'll do this thing, which is drinking, I think. And, uh, yeah, he cites on an Anchor Steam pint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he instead just dies in the cold. Yeah, because he's 13 quarters short, which is what? That's 325. It's not a lot of money. Not a lot. Not a lot of money. And it's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's uh, short, succinct, and very fucking sad. And I think amplified by the very sparse instrumentation on this. Right, because, like, we had the, on Glory Hallelujah, was kind of the opposite feeling of we need to make it feel like it's a group, but now they need to do the opposite and make it feel like it's someone who's isolated, who's all alone. Yeah, it's like, it's like a bare-bones rhythm guitar and then just a, a fairly quiet performance from Fat Mike. Yeah, this was one I didn't, like, until I actually looked at the lyrics, I was just like, no, nah, this song's fine, I guess, and then you yeah. look at the lyrics and it's... It's devastating. Well, I kept listening fuck. to this passively throughout the week and being yeah. like, fuck, Spotify's fucking up because it's just silence right now. <laughs> yeah, for like five so minutes. So long. I was like, what is this song? Anyway. But no, everything was working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the, like, the end of it is him doing cartoon impressions and saying the phrase, this guy's more punk than me. This guy's more punk than In like various voices. And also an outtake from... Uh, Another song, Perfect Government, I believe. That's How Do the Cat Get So Fat? Yeah. How Do the Cat Get So... Like, trying to sing the line, like, learning to sing it. And then doing voices. Yeah. And Um, now... With that, Alex. It's Frank Turner's turn to do a higher-energy version of a NoFX song. Sitting alone at the bottom of the hill Our protagonist named Bill Sets his sights on Yeah. This one. This is pretty classic shouting Frank. Yeah, absolutely. Kicks it out right from the start. Yeah. Mostly drums, big guitar chords. Yeah. Um and then we we just sort of build throughout and it's uh, like it's short, it's sweet. It's uh what does it come in under 2 minutes, I think? Yeah, it's still like 143. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just like looking at my, <laughs> my notes. There's not many, um, for, I have more yeah. after this, but for the, it's like drums. And then he's like playing muted acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, we get um, a baseline that kind of runs up and down, uh, near the like 43 seconds. You'll hear it. I think it plays <laughs> earlier, but it's not really playing a baseline. It's just like playing with the, it's like every two yeah. measures they'll do like a bam. And then more and more comes in there. 
Well, yeah, it's not just that bant. It's like a, it's like doing a run. It's, it's that's for, yeah. After that, sorry. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Running. And it's it's very it's reminiscent of of no effect style bass lines, but it's it's done in a cover that doesn't actually the original doesn't actually have a bass line. Interestingly enough. Yeah. Yeah, but it yeah it it builds by adding more instruments, which is something again we've seen a lot in pop type songs. Yeah, and like so, yeah, this one covers all the all the beats. Uh, he shouts out at the end the the final line there. I think he shouts it a couple times, doesn't he? No one did see him die. He holds, or does he just hold it? Yeah, he holds. I. Yeah, no, he says it. Gets... He says he holds it, and then at the end he goes, "No," and then he says it again, like fast. Yeah, I mean, with this version, like, Frank's definitely established a different version from the original. Yeah, it's very different uh, I in energy. I think the the loudness we lose part of the... I think the delivery of the original is part of what makes those lyrics really shine. Because it's so small feeling. Yeah. And this feels so much bigger. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it feels like now he's got a band, because obviously... Frank Turner hasn't played before on this album, but the way we set it up, we were listening, we were alternating them. Mm-hmm. So listening to this is like Frank Turner sings with an acoustic guitar. Frank Turner sings with an acoustic guitar, and then this one was like, "There's the band." Yeah, right. We do get a violent shift in what we've been hearing from Frank Turner. Yeah, I guess, glory, hallelujah, notwithstanding. Yeah, that's a fun word. So yeah, fun version. I think it 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 uh, unfortunately loses the core of what makes the original work. And that's a shame. That is a shame. Still, enjoy, like, a good performance. Like I said, like, no version on this album is bad. Just some are better than others. I tend to agree. With that, we're going to talk about Bob, Bob, the 1992 song from White Trash. Bob is an alcoholic. He can't drink now. His liver fucking exploded. Which, whew. That's quite a so thing. So my understanding of this is he, the doctor tells him he can't drink anymore, and so he says, okay, I gotta do something else now. So then he becomes a, a hardcore punk. One second. Ah, okay. I gotta adjust my blinds. Adjust um, those blinds, Alex. Yeah, I think he becomes a skinhead. Yeah, like a Nazi skinhead or like a, a uh, hard punk skinhead? It's hard to know, but like they do specifically reference being a skinhead. Is there a not negative connotation of skinhead? That's the question that I would like to answer. Because like, Alex. it's talking like gets these huge boots, well, like Doc Martens or whatever. Um, and, and like a girlfriend. Actually, that's kind of interesting. Like, the way they structured it um, is kind of two, um, like, like there's two verses and they kind of have two perspectives on Bill. So the beginning it's introduces him and like talks about how he, uh, excuse me, would be drinking constantly. And then the doctor says he can't. And Bob says, well, that sucks. Now I got to do something else to pass the time. They kind of split up that line between 
a backup vocal. Um, and then it like talks about like what he did, kind of on the surface level. Uh, someone shaves his head. He wants to kiss his boots. Girlfriend, and then they like have fun, and then or they go out. But then there's like this last line at the end. It says as the trucks go drive by, and then you can hear the motherfuckers go. And then there's a trumpet solo, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and it kind of sounds like like a car co- driving by sort of doppler effect yeah the sound starting the start. noise is like a car going by and then it just goes into a solo so that's cool. um i just did then... some skinhead research here um so the 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 specific punk scene uh that bob gets into is uh called oi okay that makes sense why now why when he says i gotta do something else we yeah. get oi 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 and here's what I got for you from Wikipedia. During the late 1970s and early 1980s, many skinheads and suedeheads in the United Kingdom rejected both the far left and the far right. This anti-extremist attitude was musically typified by oi bands, such as Cockney Rejects, The Foreskins, Toy Dolls, and The Business. So they reject fascism and also whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, far right and far left ideologies. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so it's not implying that he is um, like a neo-Nazi or anything. So that's good. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. they get into the second verse. And mm-hmm. this sort of like shows the other side of his new identity. Uh, he's like, still, or now he's using cocaine and I guess a lot of coffee. Um, yeah, and, and, like, and getting into fights at punk shows. Yeah, so like he's still kind of... <laughs> So it's kind of the two sides. The first verse is like, oh, he like ch- changes hair and gets some new clothes and a new girlfriend and like they ride on a scooter. But then he's like just doing coke and fighting guys also. Yeah. So it's like, and then it asks if he will ever walk the line, which I guess means yeah. change. Really? Yeah. Well, and, and some people have suggested it's like, will he ever, you know, uh, just kind of be more straight laced. Yeah, I kind of I tried to look up the phrase because it's one I've heard before. Because I've seen the movie Walk the Line, and I've right. heard the song Walk the Line, but like I never really known what that meant. And yeah. according to the internet, it kind of means walking the line between like, I guess the good and the bad. Like Johnny Cash was kind of an outlaw type, you know, outlaw country. Right. Type. So is it will he ever find a right balance? Yeah. I think doing so. blow and and fucking taking so much coffee that your heart explodes and getting into fights where your body's getting ripped up is not healthy. It's not a good alternative to drinking. Even, yeah, maybe. but he still kind of has like those two sides to his life. Then he's trying to fill this void or whatever. Yeah, to all my friends, I feel just great. There's a there's a sort of fight club element to this where he's got this second life where he's going wild and punching dudes. Yeah, so... Uh, best yes. line in this though is Bob's the kind of guy who knows just what to do when the doctor tells him to. And why is that the best line? That that's funny. Okay. You know he knows exactly what to do when an authority tells him what he has to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. It is okay. I get. I get it now. I didn't get it until you said it, but I like it now too. Yeah, it's. I think. I think, and I. I think it is punctuated that way in the songs, though that it is a joke. So yeah, it's making fun. Like, 
he wouldn't like he's got no idea what the fuck's going on basically mm-hmm. exactly will he ever walk the line i don't know he's a bit of a, a goober and if you watch the music video at the Which, end he has a I fucking beer oh <laughs> well oh yeah I, I brought the video up but i forgot to watch it yeah the final noise in it is the the sound of like opening a can he's at a, a bus stop and a, a dude in a suit hands it to him Okay, I heard it. I, I went to it. the end, but I went too far. There you go. Um, so let's talk about how they perform this song, Alex. Yeah, uh, let's talk about it real quick. Uh, there's some ska in this one as well. Yeah. Doesn't open with ska. Doesn't open with ska. No, it opens, opens with, with fast punk muted strumming. rhythm guitar. Down strums. You getting that first verse, maybe? Yeah. Section. Um. And then the Scott comes in. Yeah, that Scott comes in, baby. Just kidding. Ugh, I'm all no over sweat. The place. It's a. There's a heavy guitar, and yeah. then the Scott comes in. It's uh, yeah, we get the Scott particularly uh, just before he starts talking about the trucks. And that is when the yeah. trumpet solo happens. You can hear the motherfuckers go. Yeah, this very lighthearted trumpet solo. Because I think this song is supposed to be funny. It's, it's about an alcoholic who is then like, oh, yeah, I know what to do, and then like goes and fucks himself up more. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's it's this sort of painting this portrait of this person that they don't seem to think very highly yeah. of. Um. Yeah. We we the scooter line is where we scott up trumpet solo walking bass in the back. Um. Then it jumps back to the more drum focused composition they had earlier, and then when we get to the doctor line about quit your drinking, we start playing fast, and that kind of takes us out through the rest of the song. Yeah, you get that fast. Um. I I wish I knew a name mm-hmm. for this because we've talked about it before. It's that one punk rock beat. <laughs> That they do in punk rock. Yeah, the punk beat. You know? They're like... Yeah, buddy, yeah. It's like... It's like... It's like the fucking Duel of the Fates. But on drums. The drums of fate. It's on drums. Duel of the Fates on drums of fate. So we're gonna call it. So get the drums of fate. And then we get some scat at the end. Scat and skank. Yeah, he scats a bit at the end, and the last thing he says is Bob. He says, like, Scooby-Doo-Bob. I don't remember it specifically. Something like uh, that. That's the original song, and there's a music video for it. It's got some, like, children's drawings in it. It's... That's okay. It's predominantly shots of the guy Bob riding around on a scooter. Um... See, this is a scooter, and the song mentions a scooter, but I wasn't thinking, thinking like a more motorized kind of one, like the kind you sit on, like a Vespa. Yeah, yeah, like I would think so too. But I don't know. Maybe they couldn't afford a Vespa back in 1992. Maybe not. Maybe buddy. not. But yeah, we see him. He's like wearing a wife beater. He starts out with a full head of hair. Then we get to watch him get shaved, and then he's you know cruising on a scooter through some city streets, looking like a like a straight up skinhead punk. And uh, we get some black and white concert footage, and then it ends with him at a bus stop, and he has a beer because Bob's a fucking idiot. Oh, 
Bob. Oh, Bob. Probably Will not. you ever walk the line? Now for the Frank Turner version. Quit your drinking, now's the time. But will he ever walk the line? To all my friends, I feel just fine. But will he ever... This one, we, we slow it right down, baby. The Frank... Oh, yeah. This one is... This one, like, yeah. is sad for Bob. We're not making this, fun this, of Bob. This one really anymore. asks the question, um, what's Bob going to do? What's Bob going to do? Uh, this one is, like, what I like to call deep, deep. acoustic strumming. Because it's, like, echoey or something? I don't know. It's, it starts with some right. acoustic so it's, it got It's got, like, a rich and he sings, sort of uh, quality to it. It really fills the space. Yeah, there's also some kind of organ or something playing the yeah. uh, chords as well. Fattening, Fattening him up. up. Getting ready for the slaughter. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, now the drums roll gently in on the doctor line. He, uh, he does a real nice <laughs> touch on when he plays Bob's part. He, he talks that line and says, that's the point. I want to think about nothing. Just just good there's no oys in this version it's a lot lower energy so i guess stylistically we go from the last one this one feels very different it's got that frank turner nostalgia vibe you brought up earlier where yeah it's kind of a little like melancholy yeah i think because i really do think this now like it's it's sad for bob it's like bob bob's Got to make some changes, but maybe he's not doing. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to be capable of it. So when we ask the question at the end, like, will he walk the line? We we really don't know. It's just like, yeah, but we kind of hope he will. Yeah, there's a bit of hope, but maybe not. Um, the trumpet solo is replaced by a harmonica on this. Yes, which unfortunately means they don't do the car sound. Yeah, you can't mirror that car noise, which is a delight Mm. in the original, but. Overall, I I do like harmonicas. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice harmonica solo. It's kind of, it fits with the rest of this version of mm-hmm. the song. And then he, yeah, really builds up to the to the repetitions at the end. Everything sort of gets loud there. We get backup vocals as he repeats. Will he ever walk? Yeah, the line? you get this sort of like power ballad back or ballad backup vocals. Yeah, situation. with the band. Uh, apparently the end of this song, so uh, like, yeah, I'm probably hearing it right now. I'm looking at the interview with Frank Turner. He says the end of Bob, for example, has some of the highest notes I have sung on the record. And I had to take a run up for that motherfucker. <laughs> he does go pretty high. And then he sings a little falsetto where he goes. Ooh! Yeah. Um, a fun fact about this one. He says, uh, there's uh, a lot of people who are maybe not aware of my existence prior have heard my version of Bob and fucking hate it. Oh my God, did they hate it in a way that fills me with joy. I mean, it's just funny. It's quite entertaining to me to see people losing their mind because somebody has done something not punk to a punk song. It's true. It's not very punk. It's not punk at all. Um, but the same... But it's, it's got a... Yeah, di- yeah like, like we said, it's got a different feel about it, but it's like still makes sense. Yeah, the same way that NoFX pop punkified a substitute, Frank Turner has uh, like saddened Bob. Yeah, depunkified. Depunkified Bob. 
Um, but yeah, I think it still works. Yeah, I think this is a fantastic one. Probably, I would say the second best one that Frank Turner turns out on the covers here. Second best. Second it's best. definitely like the one that probably stuck with me the most. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah, like the parts of this one I remember more so than a lot of the other ones. Yeah. So then there's a music video for this one as well, which is done by uh, No Effects. They dress up as Frank Turner in the Sleeping Souls, and uh, we get interstitial <laughs> shots of a, a dude on a uh, a punk looking scooter. He is uh, not. He's, he's not got... the Bob of the original. He's quite young no. and a little more uh, a little more gender fluid in his appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, we get shots of them playing in a field. He's got Fat Mike has a parrot. He does have a parrot. Yeah, it's great. They're all like they're all in like um, button ups and like vests. Yeah, trying to look like the Sleeping Souls. And like miming along to the Frank Turner track. Yeah, and you get- and everything is acoustic. Like they even gave their bass player like an acoustic bass. Yeah, it's very- really taking the it's, piss it's out of out of Frank yeah. and the Sleeping Souls. Out of yeah, that like sort of um, like folky aspect. Yeah, of to the point where if you look in the YouTube comments, people are like, "Oh, they're making fun of Mumford and Sons." <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they are, but. <laughs> and they're mostly like kind of fucking around yeah they do uh they drive in this little teeny tiny truck and then when it comes by the uh, el jefe is playing the saxophone playing it in quotation marks obviously as the harmonica part plays yeah <laughs> it's a saxophone yeah yeah um and there's also a bit where they're just like in a tree <laughs> yeah they managed to fit like all of them in a tree at some point <laughs> And, like, very clearly not comfortably in the tree because there's, like, branches and leaves hanging around them and, like, in around their instruments. Yeah. And, like, covering them up. It's fun. Yeah, it's a very fun video. They do a little, like, pub drinking singing segment. Yes, they do, where they all have, like, a pint or whatever. And they kind of put their arms... Do they put their arms around his shoulders? No. No. They could, though. They're, they're like, swinging the drinks. They got water in mason jar cups. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's and a delightful video. Some other things like leaf blowers. Yeah, don't know why. There's just like I guess they're trying to look like they're an old pub because they've got like a like a ship steering wheel on the wall, stuff like that. Or not the wall; it's on a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dog. Anyway, yeah. So it's. It's fun. It's yeah. a fun music video. Fun music video. I think a, I think a, a good cover. With that, we're going to move into Eat the Meek in 1997 from So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. Which, is that a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I... I mean, I don't know anything else that could be a reference to. I'm pretty sure it is. Tight. Um, this is like this is white man reggae. Yeah, this goes reggae. Yeah, like slows it down, opens with like the snare, like and then just like skanking. Yeah, and the, a baseline that trumpet. is not walking like you get in a ska, but like a a specific groove oh, that yeah. you kind of alter. 
Yeah, doing like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, this feels. This is like, this goes reggae. Yeah, straight down to the um, vocalization and like the rhythm of how they sing. Yeah, and like the guitar skank has got this like wah sound to it. Yeah, yeah. it's got. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one stands out just for that alone. I've never, and maybe it's just my fault for not listening to enough '90s punk, but I've never quite heard this kind of white reggae like this level of reggae yeah they like crank up they the reggae's cranked way up on this song yeah and that's like what it is it does some more stuff at the end where they play like a on like the bass and then like on the drums and it's got some good stuff in it i think yeah it's a very very even uh like a lot of it's pretty consistent once you get them set up the instruments kind of just play their role throughout uh, in the last verse, the the bass like uh speeds up. Yeah, around uh, I... about two thirty, we do get a change in the rhythm. Beyond that, it's fairly even throughout. Um, in terms of what the song is about, we didn't even touch on that. We jumped straight into the instruments. That's it's true. Essentially, an anti-capitalist theme. Yes, it's talking. Um, obviously, the title "Eat the Meek" is sort of like their sarcastic line. They're like, oh, we might as well just eat the meat, because, like, why not? Because they are they don't have any value, which is the opposite of what the song is saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Talk to... Yeah, because, like, specific complaints about, like... I guess the news talking about mass-producing fear and... Yeah. And selling it at a reasonable price, and people feed on it. Yeah, it, it seems it. to be replacing love. Inject it. Yeah. So, kind of like music in substitute. Yeah. Hmm. And then, yeah, the, the chorus that's repeated quite frequently, Why Must We Stay Where We Don't Belong. Uh, what does that mean to you? Um, I think it's about uh, possibly <clears throat> feeling like an outcast, particularly in a capitalist society. It's like, why do I have to be here where I don't, I'm not subscribing to the values of the, the, the majority? That makes sense. Yeah, I was I was struggling with that line. Uh, yeah, it is a little. Even that definition I gave you is just an approximation that might not be like a hundred percent. But yeah, it does stick out a little. I like it yeah, because I mean, it's not the song title, obviously, mm -hmm. but it is like the chorus or refrain. Maybe it's a repeated line quite a lot so yeah you know what i think i think yeah because he says things like there's always going to be a pedigree one own the air one pay to breathe so he's talking about all of these things that are a fact of society and then the repetition is always why must we stay where we don't belong why do we have to be here when we're evidently not welcome here yeah i also like i mean the title kind of stuck out because there's a i think more recent phrase where people will say eat the rich mm. Um, kind of with a similar attitude, you know? Yeah. Uh, where, like, this is sarcastic, but they kind of end up meaning more or less the same thing and, like, abandon capitalist society or whatever. Yeah. Like, downfall of capitalism thing. So that was what I was familiar with. So seeing this title kind of made me think of that, and it actually is similar. Yeah, and then also there's the, uh, what is it, the Beatitudes, Blessed Be the Meek. True, which also comes up, Kind of in glory, hallelujah. Yeah. Now that we're drawing connections. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, specifically referencing the idea of meekness, and in this is like fuck them. Yeah, and so I think that title is sort of like this is it's evidently about the American system, which you know claims to be uh, based on Christian values. Um, right. So, but eat the meek is what they do here. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, and that's this song. Pretty solid song. I could see myself listening to this regularly. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's got some yeah it's it's good it's a good reggae piece uh with that let's talk about the frank turner versions because there's never gonna be enough space so eat the meek enjoy the waste so this is the uh, one i was referring to when i said that frank turner used a similar technique to spoon um, I have a to sound like someone else. Yes. So he said they were having trouble oh. with it. He said the hardest one to put together was Eat the Meek. I fucking adore that song and really wanted to do it on the split, but we kept kind of drifting back to playing it the way they play it. And in the end, the secret word that broke the log jam was when I said to the band, uh, when I said to the drummer and bass player, Nigel and Tarrant, to try playing it like Fugazi, who was a, another Fugazi. punk band that finally created a really original sounding bedrock for the song. I don't know Fugazi. Yeah, me neither. Style transcending music. Interesting. Yeah, I can tell um, you this. It's a fucking meaty bass line on this. Some nice steely sound on it, and it just kind of it runs pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Like this one, they go like, like the drums is something I'm noticing. Like they just like go like continually where you get that like like. There's not much space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this one I thought was... I thought it, this was more, like, almost grungy. Um, it's kind of got, like, this... Um, like, it's very textured. Yeah. You know? Less, like, melodic. Um, particularly, like, the beginning just sounds like sounds echoing in pipes, which is... I don't even know what I would classify that as. Yeah, like sound effects. It's uh, yeah, I I couldn't even identify like what those sounds were, but yeah, you're right. It definitely sets up a a, a gritty texture. Yeah, and then like you said, that like heavy bass line, and then some really echoey uh, lyrics on top of that. Yeah, and uh, a drum line that pretty much matches with the bass true they're both just like going 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 yeah um another thing this one does is it uh double tracks the vocals where it's a fun technique that i think david bowie used it a lot where like he kind of used multiple um uh, takes at different energy levels and then just overdub them right so you have one where he's doing this like never gonna be enough space not that part of the song but and then, like, the high one where he's just, like, screaming it. Right. At the same time. Yeah, it certainly sets up a, an interesting sound. It keeps you engaged, even if it is a fairly even vocal performance. Yeah, this one, I think, is, is more, like, textured. Mm-hmm. Like, almost... And it doesn't sound like them that much, but it kind of reminds me of, like, Rush in a way, a little bit, with, like, the textures and levels and stuff like that. Okay, I could see a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little little bit. bit. Like, particularly, like, um, Vapor Trails era. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about Vapor Trails here, so I will take your word for that. Yeah, but it's like it's pretty tenuous. I'll, I'll admit, I'll it's not that it. close, but it kind of um, reminds me. Yeah, of but it. you get a lot of a lot of ambient noises that kind of come in and just you know layer at different parts. There'll be sort of like really distorted and decaying guitar that has like just plays like a couple of notes and rings those out. Yeah, it's a lot of that like multi-layered guitar where you really get that rhythm, but also then that like kind of like coming in at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very not uh, not reggae take on this song. Very not <laughs> reggae. Um, I don't think it's that Frank Turner either. Yeah, it seems to it's a more of a a reach for Frank Turner. It's uh he never usually sings quite so low on his solo stuff. Um, another thing that they take from the original sort of is the discarded youth line when he sings discarded youth. It's right at like two thirty. Yeah. Mark, um, they do an echo with, again, a higher intensity version. Yeah. The original has an echo, but it doesn't do that same high intensity thing. Yeah, this echo actually resembles one of NoFX's covers where they did, ah, uh, fuck, I should remember this because we just talked about it. We did just talk about it. I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't Glory Hallelujah, where they did like a call and response on the on the later uh, verse. Uh, do I have the word call? I got physically. Get <laughs> back of call Um, It's uh, Worst Things Happen at Sea. They do a sort of call and response with one distorted vocal track and one regular one on the final verse of that one. Because ah, that, that kind of, they have a similar thing going on with their like increasing texture, sort of, on that song. Yeah. Because like that's their intensity build is just like layering instruments on. Yeah. And so then on this one, we have some of that with that distorted shouting, which comes in and then sticks around. And uh, yeah, it sort of builds up in the, the loudness of the instruments and breaks for the last like 20 seconds down to just some some ambient sustain Mm -hmm. and then that fades out so yeah different take pretty cool i'm here for the baseline baby yeah kind of it's the style of music that sometimes takes me a while to get like i have to listen to it a lot before i like get it you know right because or not necessarily get it but before i can like kind of appreciate it and enjoy it more um even Rush does that to me sometimes. Like, like I didn't like Clockwork Angels right off the bat. It took me a couple months mm-hmm. before I actually... Now I really like it, but right away, I was kind of undecided. So Yeah, sometimes what's interesting about the the songs is not immediately apparent. Mm-hmm. So then you have to give it a few listens. You're like, oh, this is why this is a good song. Yeah. Gotta spend some time with it. So this one's a little more... in. A little more layered mm-hmm. than the other ones, I think. With that, we're going to move into Perfect Government in 1994 off Punk It and Drublick. This is actually the original version of this is by Mark Curry in 1992. And how- the cat gets so fat. Uh, it's a pretty standard acoustic and vocal piece. Uh, the lead guitarist for NoFX, El Jefe, 
used to play with Mark Curry and I suppose sort of took this song to NoFX. I was like, hey guys, this is a good song. Let's tell you this about government, how it's bad. And they said, that's awesome. We love how the government is bad. We love how the government is bad. Who the fuck are they? That's the question um, we're all asking. Yeah. So, the, and they ask it. They're like, who's the government? Like, what's, what's their thing? What's freedom, really? Yeah. That's kind of their question that is asked in this song. And a line that is repeated a lot. How did the cat get so fat? Which is fun. Uh, because fat cat is one of my favorite uh, words. Yeah, I love fat cats. I mean, I don't like them personally, but I like saying the phrase fat cats. Yeah, fat cats? I'm like, ah, that's those fat cats over there. Yeah, so it seems to be, it mentions corruption in the government and also complacency on behalf of the people. Where it says, how did the cat get so fat? Why does the family die? Do you care why? You being the listener. Possibly. Possibly. Even the government. Even the government. Who might be listening? I don't know. Anybody. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, in the Mark Curry version, instead of how can they sleep at night, he, I think, indicts himself, and he, he says something about, like, what if I, I tried to do something? How can I sleep at night or something? I gotta fucking look at it again. I didn't think I was gonna talk about the Mark Curry version that much. Uh, here I am. A fool. Well, you're on your own, because I didn't listen to the Mark Curry version. Yeah, he says, hang on, hang on. Yep. Hang on. Yep. And I wonder if I could make a difference, but I wouldn't. Ah, could I sleep at night? He asked himself, basically, if I was in the same position as these government officials, knowing I could do something but not doing it, could I sleep at night? So kind of a similar question. Yeah. But, like, if I did that, would I be able to sleep? Clearly you can, because you keep doing it. Yeah. But But this one just asks, how can they sleep at night? And how did the cat get so fat? fat. Good, short, sweet, simple punk. Um, Punk. We got, uh, tell me about this. Tell me about this composition, Alex. It's interesting, because the beginning rapidly switches back and forth between two styles. Yeah. It starts with, like, some kind of simple, like, picked electric guitar, and then just goes right into, like, punk. Yeah. Hard chords. Um, fast drums. And then, like, goes back to the old sound for a bit. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of country, like, very rapidly. Yeah. Like, they're just strumming chords and kind of, like, singing a little raspy. They're like, none of this is easy. Like, it's, it sounds a little country. Yeah, just a bit. And then it jumps Which, back up immediately on the word freedom. Yeah, immediately. Um, it's just, the, like, the first line of it is easy to be free. What's your definition of? And then, freedom! Yeah, it's back to fast drums. Right back into, yeah. Right back into punk. And where are my notes? And from there, you get some pretty standard like punk progression. We get a little bit of chugging guitar at some points, and then it's just fast guitar. Yeah, it's pretty like long sustained guitar, particularly for How Did the Cat Get So Fat. Um, pretty straightforward, like punk rock with with uh, chord changes. Mm-hmm. And like that, the drums playing. Yeah, and we get that like fade out before the How Can They Sleep at Night lines. Sorry, I just need to drink water loudly. Good, great. And then burp into the microphone. Please. And then make that sound, which was not a burp. 
It was just me making a sound. Also, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this. Like, compositionally, I think it's pretty straightforward. There's a guitar solo. I didn't mention that. Yeah, right near the end here, that's we're getting like, a guitar solo. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And that's, pretty much. that's their ending point is the guitar solo that, that leads us to mm-hmm. the end. Um, yeah, you're right. Oh, like I like I said, short, sweet, simple, punk. Punk. All you need to know, buddy. Let's talk about the Frank Turner version, which opens with piano, drums, and guitars and shit. How can they sleep at night? 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 How did the cat get so fat? Yeah. Right into it. Mm. Also, it's labeled as explicit, but the original is not. Explicit. Well, he says, who the but fuck are you? They both say, how, how is the original not explicit? Maybe they just didn't care back then. Maybe. I don't know. Is it censored? I don't think it is. No, it's not. Like a, oh, this one's, uh, so it's not quite hardcore. It's very, uh, it's kind of laid back, but upbeat. Yeah, like, again, fairly straightforward. Like, this one... Doesn't have like a lot of tricks or anything. Yeah, it's got a, it's it's got some country um, elements. The bass line is basically just a yeah. country root fifth. Boom, 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 um, that boom. piano sound I think is pretty to me distinctive. Um, you get from the Sleeping Souls. Yeah. Even that guitar that comes in occasionally that noodles over the top. Right. Yeah, it's like very. Yeah, that like electric guitar riff. Yeah, it's very like traditional uh, Sleeping Souls tones on this. Yeah, so that that's kind of how I thought of this one. It was, it was pretty, as far as Sleeping Souls songs go, fairly straightforward. Yeah, and uh, I think Frank Turner keyed in on the How Can They Sleep at Night being a good song, uh, but rather a good line to repeat more than once. Yeah, absolutely, because he, like, totally cuts down, and they do, like, held, sustained chords over... Him just saying, how did they sleep at night? And how did the cat get so fat? Well, how did they sleep at night anyway? Yeah. And then they do like a, um, an acapella rise on the final fat cat line. Uh... Oh, yeah. They do, they do like a whole like chord building thing. Yeah. Like a barbershop quartet. Yeah. But... Rather than a uh, a guitar solo, we just kind of get a, a piano and other instruments like leading us out. Yeah, it's it does like the intro piano riff again, um, and then the instrumentation like they keep playing the piano riff, but the other instruments change a bit. Yeah, it's uh, including the drums. Yeah. This one's still pretty short, simple, and sweet. Just not punk. True. With that, and, Alex, uh, you got anything else to say about it? Not really. This government doesn't sound very perfect to me. Yeah, this That's government sounds like say. shit, bro. Sounds, sounds like they're a little mean sometimes. Yeah. Somebody must have titled the song wrong. It's supposed to be Imperfect Government. These fucking idiots. With that, we're... This gonna... is another one. <laughs> yeah, moving to Falling in Love. <laughs> That's what I was talking falling about. Falling in Love. I'm getting ahead of myself here. 
Um, falling in love. Uh, no effects, obviously. Another one off of So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. Mm-hmm. We didn't list all the albums, but that's fine. I think we did. Oh, I may have zoned out for some of them. Well, Alex, that is fine. But yeah, I'll take this one. I already did. Um, Good job, Alex. This is another one that is like, I mean, not super long, but like I was surprised to see it was five minutes long. Um, and then I looked up the lyrics before I listened to it, and I was skeptical because there's not a that's lot of not lyrics. much um and it's not there's silence here again hell yeah i mean honestly we could do a full read of these lyrics right here and right now lay it on me bro blast oxygen masks smoke filled cabin depressurize don't be afraid hold on to me we're going down but not our love death don't seem stands so one bad. over stands a one over stands a two death don't seem so bad when i'm with you my only love, so close your eyes. Kiss me one last time. We're gonna die, but not our love. Not our love. That's it. It's about dying in a plane crash, but still being in love. Oh, it is about dying in a plane crash. Yeah, dude. Yeah, how about that? Um, so Frank Turner says of this song, One of the first times we ever hung out socially, him and Fat Mike, I said to him that falling in love is the best song he's ever written. He looked at me like I was a bit mad, but then he said he thought so too, but literally no one else does, to which I replied that they're all idiots, and so that one was always going to make the list. Because it's a pun. It's a pun. Falling in love. They're falling, and they're in love. Yeah. And they die. So, uh, yeah. Similar to, I mean, kind of similar to the song Tonight by Iggy Pop, where it's about his lover who's dying of heroin overdose and he tells her everything's gonna be all right but it's not love songs for dying people yeah so this one this one opens with um it sounds like the music is in the next room on like a tv or something yeah comes in very tinny but it starts with that guitar line that starts to slowly build and get more full and then suddenly, boom, it enters the room or something. Because it's not. It doesn't have the same sound. It just sounds like they're playing the guitar. Yeah. And yeah, like the drums too, because you get some some tinny, you get a tinny drum roll as well as some cymbal hits in the beginning there. True. And then it goes to pretty much just like, well, that, that punk rock rhythm one. Yeah. <laughs> but you really just get like drums and bass as he's singing. That's right. And there's a lot of like that fret screech whatever you want to call it fret noise fret nice pow yeah it's <laughs> a reference to the video game fret, fret nice. nice check it out um yeah big steely bass on this fast drums as he sings about like three words at a time that is true yeah he really separates it out because there's not a lot of words yeah and they kind of spread them out a bit but the song's not actually that long it's not actually five minutes and 13 seconds it comes in at about two minutes and 13 seconds so yeah you get a lot of guitar that rips for a a bridge between the two stanzas and then he does the second one and then at the end the guitar starts to go downwards mimicking the sounds of a falling plane yeah it does the like power down Crashing. It's crashing. They're crashing. And then there's several minutes of silence. Yeah. Because I believe this is the last song on the album. You are correct, Alex. 
Yeah. On that um, same shit, then, there's like some demos and shit near the end. Yeah, and then a, like a Howard Stern yeah. show recording of Howard, Howard Stern talking shit about NoFX. Yeah. And he's like, who is this? Who is this? They, they're just not rocking. It's not rocking, which is very strange to me because it was very clearly rock and roll music that was playing. But anyway, um, and then he says, who is this? No effects. More like no talent. <laughs> Classic. And Howard Stern doing his thing. Just being Stern, baby. Um, Howie. With being that, Stern. let's talk about what I believe to be the best Frank Turner cover on this. This one. Lost. Oxygen masks. Smoke-filled cabin. Um, so this is twice as long as the, the original track. It's four minutes yeah. instead of two. They extended way out. But it really goes for the, like, tragic thing. Because yeah. that's what this song is. It's a tragedy. We got some sad acoustics reminiscent of kind of like the ballad of me and my friends and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever makes that epic swell sound. Yeah. That is... The, like, low rumble in the background. Yeah, that is uh, very present here. Um, and, and Frank sings in a very low voice. I think it might be... It's either processed it's or double-tracked in some way. It reminds me of newer Iggy Pop, where Iggy Pop just kind of talks. <laughs> yeah, it kind of has a, a yeah, almost talky um, aspect to it. I think it's just really, really close mic. Mm-hmm. That, like, low energy, like, speaking, not like... Or, like, low volume, at least. Close mic sound. Yeah, where very, you're just like deep throating the shit out of the mic. Yeah, buddy, you sound just. And like... you can really, yeah. Do I sound like Frank Turner? Yes. Do I sound like Frank Turner? There, yep, um, there he is. He's I think I'm peaking the mic. Yeah, you're for sure peaking the mic. <laughs> uh, making some bad sounds here. Yep, there it is. Okay, sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So it's predominantly based around this repeating uh, acoustic rhythm. And then that that strange ambient kind of noise. Yeah, a lot of a lot of ambient sounds and like drum hits, kind of like you get the maybe bass as well, um, like low frequency kind of spikes. Mm-hmm. That you get from that like slow, I guess epic, almost like you get from the low parts of the epic trailer music. Yeah, that doom. Kind of rings out. Yeah. Um. They we do get an electric guitar, which comes in to do like a a sad bridge, and uh, we get some harmonies on the the word death. And then I've written there's like a a synthetic accordion or something that seems to come in on the second verse. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like a really. I was like, oh, this is bright synth. But it sounds like this kind of, yeah, fucked up accordion. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. It kind of does like a drone. I think it's, I mean, yeah, I think it, it does seem to be an accordion or some kind of uh, free reed instrument, mm-hmm. which sounds like an accordion to me. Um, and it kind of does like a drone, but it really is just doing the progression. But it's kind of droney. Yeah. Like you could do like bagpipes here or something as well. <laughs> I don't know if that would be better. I don't know, Alex. But it's kind of filling the same role that you'd expect from, like, the drone part of bagpipes. Yeah. 
to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair analysis. Um, also, it sounds like when we get closer to the end, there's it sounds like maybe some people's voices or something join in on the ambient noise. But it's, yeah, it's all very like a background and echoey. Yeah. As he's saying, not our love. Yeah. Die. So this one overall really like tries to add weight i think to it mm-hmm. and like put it like it's it's a tragic song so sing it as a tragedy makes sense yeah whereas the original version focuses on the more uh, maybe the the scenario it's taking place in. it's like if it's on a plane that's crashing it's going to be hard and intense and these guitars are fucking screaming whereas this right one it's internalizes the moment it's that like literal definition versus the like slow down I'm thinking of this cinematically. Yeah, you're thinking it's a difference between being the bystander looking at the plane and it's going down yeah. quite quickly and being inside the plane where it's your last moment. Inside moments. and everything slows down and you're looking around and things are slowly flying up and there's probably fire. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe not. Uh, smoke. There's smoke. Yeah. Maybe not fire. But yeah, I thought the the it's a uh, it's also a more unusual uh, at least vocal performance from Frank. Because it's so low. Yeah. And so that really stuck out to me, and I think he, he really hit a, a, a good tone for this. It definitely adds to the overall mood. The tragedy. The tragedy. And the slowness and the sort of, like, moment-in-time feeling. I guess that's part of why it's so slow, so short. You don't really have time to think things, but this kind of stretches it out mm-hmm. because it's the, like, moment-lasting a very long time. Yeah, buddy. Um, any other comments on this before we do a quick wrap up? No, no, nothing. Uh, nothing. Um, I've been thinking of how we would kind of break this down. I think I've just got the idea now. Uh, we both agreed that the okay. the general quality of covers on this is pretty good. Um, yeah. I figure let's just say, give me the best cover that Frank turned out on this. The best that no effects turned out, and the worst one they both did, in your opinion, or the least impressive. Okay. Um, let's start with the lowlights, Alex. What is the the worst Frank cover of a no effects song? All right, I gotta think about this for a sec. Um, I'll jump in. I'll say it's probably scavenger type. Scavenger type. Where where right, cause uh, cause, you... yeah, it is a version where I think we do actually lose something. Lose something in the, in, translation. The, in the translation. Even though it's still like a fun version, I, d- I feel like what makes the, the original so good is lost in that in that delivery. And that's and, th- and again, I'll probably still listen to this cover. I still think it's pretty good or whatever. But, you know, it's just I, like the other ones are like, they're fine. You know, like <laughs> other ones are, are much more okay if they're uh, like Eat the Meek and Perfect Government, I think are both just solid. Whereas I think falling in love and Bob are the upper upper tier. Right. Uh let's see. For me, it's probably perfect government. Just because like they he tried a lot of different things on the different songs, and that one's the one that's kind of more straightforward in his own style, which is fine. I like that. But it's a little less adventurous than the other ones. Right. It's it's almost like a Frank Turner by numbers. You're just like, oh, yeah, and then it's a Frank Turner version. Yeah, without like anything to hold on to specifically. Yeah. 
like without a a hook, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Good call. What is the worst no effects cover of a Frank Turner song? I think I might say "Worst Things Happen at Sea." It's. Uh, Why would you say that? I I don't. Uh, this might be another just like like the emotional context of the original is just so I think expertly done with so little in terms of like performance and composition. The it just all feeds into each other very well. It's. I, it's hard to improve on what he has there, and what NoFX does is a, a passable like punk version of it. But it's, yeah, it's just not. It's not as good. <laughs> right, right. And I'm looking through all of them, and I liked them all. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I'm actually going to agree with you on this one because, like, reading all the other ones, I don't want to pick anything else. Basically. Right. Yeah. It's process of elimination. Like Glory Hallelujah. Yeah, so like, tons of fun. Uh, yeah. A great big one. Uh, Ballad of Me and My Friends is a is good. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mozzarella stick ska on Thatcher Fuck the Kids is pro- is <laughs> awesome, and I I thought Substitute was great. Like. Yeah, so like the, it has to be worse things happen to see, but like only by process of elimination, not because I didn't like it. Yeah, again, I I like the whole album top to bottom here. Just pointing out some some low lights and some highlights on it. Um, Alex, the best f- Frank Turner cover of a No Effect song. Best Frank Turner cover. Hmm. I mean, we know what yours is because you said it. Uh, yeah, I have said it already. It's falling in love, but Bob is a close second. I will say, I thought those were both really great. Played. Um, I like falling in love because it seems a little adventurous for Frank, and it it comes out sounding awesome. Whereas Bob is really Frank bringing it into his own own light and you know doing his thing with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. I do. <sighs> I think, I think it's Bob for me, but it's like almost Eat the Meek, but I think it's Bob. Yeah, Eat the Meek's really good too. Cause like I'm the like density of it is starting to grow on me. Mm, yeah, it's slow burn. I, I feel like give it like a couple weeks and this might flip, but for now it's gonna be Bob. Yeah, a solid choice. Um, and Alex, the best no effects cover of a Frank Turner song on this album. Mm. This one. I like I like what they did with Glory Hallelujah and I think I'm going to say that. That's a solid pick. That's but a... I also liked what they did with Thatcher Fuck the Kids. Yeah, it's But um... I'm going to I'm going to stick with Glory Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with Substitute because I I really think I like subtle lyric changes that really just flip the interpretation of a song. Right, just totally do the recontextualization. Yeah, feel in like different. as few moves as possible. It's it's like watching uh, I don't know. It's like yeah. watching something quite masterful. It's like like some kind of chess challenge or something. Yeah, like, like that stupid IQ puzzle where you way. gotta like like move the pins and have them jump over each other or whatever. Yeah, or like leaping the frogs to replace their position. Yeah, or like to flip the frogs, you have to like leap over each other. Right. Yes, it's I like do. A flash game. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That really that really appeals Biggest to me. Biggest change in as few moves possible. Or like when you have the matches and he's like move one match to make a different word. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit." Yeah, just oh, I got to move a line. Just subtle tweaks that that give something a new layer of depth is awesome to me. So yeah, that's why I'm going with substitute. Yeah. But yeah, and Thatcher fuck the kids and also uh the Glory Hallelujah. Great. Some great covers on this album. 
Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed listening to this album and listening to a bunch of no effects songs that I didn't know before. Hell yeah. I feel I feel cultured now. Feel well, at least a little bit. Like it's still punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like going way outside of my comfort zone, uh, yeah. but it's new and it's it's uh it's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, if y'all have some opinions you want to share on the album, similar, different, or you know, maybe there's some covers of these songs that you want to talk about, hit us up on Twitter hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise guy. Email us at CoverMePod at Gmail dot com. Uh, you know, send us your comments, questions, concerns. That's the end of the episode. There's no bonus segment today because we're getting close to two and a half hours here. This whole thing was the bonus yeah, segment. Yeah, it's, it's a bonus episode. It's pretty much just for us because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Fuck it, I had a good time. Um, as we always say on Cover Me, Cover Me's not dead, it just smells funny. <laughs>